You might as well just walk up to Cupid while he's on his lunch break, you know, cranking a beat or something, and yeah. right in the face, punch a little baby right in. <laughs> we'll see that. We're almost uh, three minutes into our sports podcast, and yet to bring up not one sport. Alright, we're joined now by Russell DeMossi, former head coach at Savannah State. Uh, Russell, we've talked a lot about the Savannah State coaching search and the Savannah State football job um, in recent episodes. And like, I think all of our listeners are sort of caught up on what happened. But from, from your end, I guess I want to start. How, how have the last you know, three or four days been for you since you got the news? Um, yeah, so got the news on Monday afternoon. Um, let OPO know that I wanted to uh, you know, talk to the team before it was really announced and let them know. You know, kind of where I stood. Uh, me and Opie have been talking for a long time, and um, he knew this is something I was um, very interested in and, and wanted to do this job. And if it weren't to go that way, we, we've had multiple conversations that, you know, I just needed to do as best my family. I've been in, in Savannah for seven years, and um, if I wasn't to be the head coach, I think it was time to, you know, find other opportunities. And he was completely respected that, but um, gave me the opportunity to talk to the team Tuesday morning. Um, you know, since then, it's really just been, man, you know, catching my breath. Um, the last four months, I feel like I've aged, you know, just four years, not four months. And um, I'm really just glad for there to be a, a resolution. Um, obviously, didn't go the way I wanted it to. Um, but that's just kind of, you know, man, I've had other bad things happen in my life. And if, if I let it bother me and, and sit down for too long, I'm going to miss the next opportunity. And um, that's just I'm glad I've learned that. And I'm um, just trying to move forward and, and see what else is out there now. Well, okay, so looking back at, at your time as, like, you know, at your time as the interim from December to, you know, I, I guess till early April, was there anything in your mind, like, is there anything that you could have done differently that would have changed Savannah State's opinion or, or changed their decision, you think? Like, is there, is there something that you could have done differently? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it, it does. Um, but at the end of the day, man, I, I have no regrets. Um, I felt like for the last four months, um, we've put our best foot forward each day uh, as far as myself, the coaching staff, and the players um, to show them that we can do this and we can keep the program moving in the direction it's been heading for the past three years. Um, you know, signed a great class. Um, guys have been killing it in the weight room. Um, there was very few guys who didn't jump more than 20 to 25 pounds in each lift. And in an eight-week session, that's pretty dang good. Um, and and then, and then starting spring ball, getting spring ball planned and starting it with the you know minimal amount of coaches that we had, um, I thought we did everything we could possibly do. Um, uh, in the end of the day, I felt like it was just they were looking for more experience is the number one thing. And, um, you know, I completely get it. That's their prerogative. Um, but, you know, to get this to get the experience, you have to get an opportunity to get the job. And that's, that's just what I was hoping for. And, um, you know, it didn't didn't work out that well. Uh, but uh, it's just, you know, you got to deal with it. You got to deal with it and keep moving forward. So, you know, just grateful to Savannah State for the seven years I had there. Okay, look, you're, you're a better man than me. And, but I guess that's part of the thing that, that confuses a lot of people in this situation, Russ, is that if experience was their number one criteria, then certainly they knew what experience you had in January. That experience didn't change in those four months. You know what I mean? So it, it's like... I guess the timeline 
doesn't make sense to a lot of people on the outside. How, how filled in were you from, from the beginning of the search process or like how filled in were, were you in terms of like how long this was going to take or when a decision was going to come? Like, did you know? No, I had, um, you know, I had a good feeling when I, when I accepted the interim position that, you know, I've been through this before, uh, twice and it's never been a fast process, um, at Savannah state and maybe at other schools it is, you know, they're trying to turn it around and get a guy in there that's getting ready for next year immediately. Um, that's just not how the processes work here and with human resources. So I knew it was going to take some time. Um, my first couple of conversations with, uh, the AD OPO, you know, it could have been after signing day, it could have been the, the first of March. Um, but he really never put a stamp on it just from judging from past experiences, um, you know, I'm thinking, okay, maybe sometime around March, maybe we get done with the signing class. They want to see how that went. They want to make sure, you know, the kids are doing the right thing academically and, and not, you know, skipping out and being rude on campus and, you know, doing the right things and acting like right. the way a college football program should. Um, so that was what I was expecting they were waiting on. I still had, you know, I was still fit. I was 50, 50 the whole time, Travis. They could call me one day and they could tell me I got it. They could tell me I didn't. And I wouldn't have been surprised either way. I really didn't know um, where their head was at. I was trying to let them go through their processes. Well, take care of what was in front of me, you know, because I had 70 kids um, and, and three other coaches depending on me to make sure that we've got the schedule in place for the next day that, you know, we're, we're starting to get ready for install. We're starting to do all those things, you know, to keep moving forward and get ready for next season. And that's what I was focused on. I, I really didn't go and knock on Opio's door too many times, maybe once a month um, to really see what was going on with the search. But I just wanted to, I viewed it as my audition and I took every day like that and um, just tried to put my best foot forward. And again, no regrets. I felt like we did that. And I felt like the players did that, especially, man, they, they really gave, there was no issues. You know, sometimes the interim head coach, it's easy to say, ah, oh, that guy, I'll be a head coach. I don't have to put in the work. Um, they didn't do that. Not a single one of them did that. You know, we didn't have one guy enter the transfer portal from when we started weights on January 15th. Um, so I think that says a lot about where they felt the, the direction of the program Damn, was that, Yeah, that's wild. Um, but yeah, yeah I, was, I was just unsure about when it was going to come. I just knew, you know, just keep working. When you get the call, deal with the news after that. And uh, that's really all I was focused on. So, Russell, did you ever meet in, – in stories since the decision was made, I've seen that um, – the Savannah State Athletics Director mentioned a hiring committee or a search committee uh, made up of faculty members and various people on campus at Savannah State. I think a lot of people have wondered who was on that committee. Did you ever get a chance to interview in front of that committee or meet who was on that committee? Um, you know, I had a Zoom call with that committee. Um, you know, the head of it was one of the um, um, she was a, a head of advancement on campus. Um, Dr. Mulgrave I've met her a few times. She's a really nice lady, um, does a lot of things for the university. Um, you know, there's a few alumni, three or four alumni. I know it might have been five or six alumni. And then a few of the, um, you know, the housing director was there and the head of the alumni association. Um, I think one other person uh, from on campus, maybe an academic advisor. Um, uh, most people I've known, um, I knew most of the people that were uh, in, in the school, the alumni. There was a couple I hadn't met, but I made relationship with them throughout the process. Process. Um, yeah, so I only met with them once, and then I saw them. We had an in-person interview on campus 
a couple weeks ago, and uh, most of them were able to make it. Most of the alumni made it over um, to you know hear the in-person interviews and the, and the PowerPoint presentation. Um, so yeah, uh, eight people. One made up. One player was on there as well. Um, so you know they, they, their job from what I'm told was to, you know, narrow it down to the best candidates who fit the resume, uh, who fit what they wanted, um, and what was on the resume. And, uh, they turned those over to, you know, the next step in, in the, uh, AD and the president. All right. I want to tell you guys about a new sponsor we have for the hot grits podcast. It's Avalu hemp shop, Savannah's newest hemp shop at 106 West Gwinnett street. Open seven days a week, Avalu Hemp is Georgia-grown, Georgia-owned, started in Gainesville. Uh, I know the owners pretty well. Henry and Michael and, and those guys have come down from Gainesville and opened their hemp shop by Forsyth Park. You can find it at 106 West Gwinnett Street, seven days a week, at Avalu Savannah on Instagram. That's A-V-A-L-O-O, Savannah on Instagram. Avalu has Georgia-grown hemp products, including CBD, Delta 8, gummies, edibles, flour, even dog treats. I tried some of those gummies, and they are no joke. So check them out. Avalu Hemp Shop, 106 West Gwinnett Street, and at Avalu Savannah on Instagram. Uh, if you go, tell them the Hot Grits podcast sent you, and they will hook it up for you. Avalu Savannah, Savannah's newest hemp shop. You know, maybe I'm a layman. That just seems crazy to to create all of those loops in the process instead of like doing the opposite, sort of keeping it in-house close by and like a couple of people making the decisions. Um, I think that's where a lot of people were frustrated, including myself, was that there was no sense of who's in charge of this thing, who's making the decisions. Um, you know what I mean? And, and a lot of the players voiced those concerns. Uh, to that end, Russ, there were a lot of people, including your current players or former players that took to Twitter and took to social media um, after the decision was made um, sort of in support of you. Were you surprised by how many people were, were supporting you on social media? And, and how did you feel about that? Was that, was it sort of like humbling? You know, yeah, uh, that, and that's the word I was going to use, you know, it was humbling. It was definitely surprising to see how many um, people care about, um, uh, you know, number one, Savannah State football, and uh, number two, um, myself and the players. And, um, you know, they, they voiced their opinions and, um, like you said, humbling. Um, you know, it was, a, it was a long day on Tuesday, but um, the support um, of the community, you know, of the players and, and really of, you know, my family and my friends um, really helped me get through, you know, a, a tough day, a tough day. I wouldn't say the worst day of my life, but a tough day. And um, to see everybody, you know, the, the there's bigger and better things. Kind of wouldn't say bigger and better, bigger things to come, but you know, better things to come on down the road and to keep, you know, a chance to progress in my career. Um, it, it really made Tuesday a lot easier than I really thought it was going to be. Um, so I can't thank, you know, the people uh, of Savannah, um, my family and friends and, and really the players, you know, for, you know, caring, caring about what happens to me and caring about my life outside of the football field. And, um, that's, that's what it's all about. That's what, that's what we were trying to do. And I, I think they're starting to understand that. Man, I think back to like how down Savannah State football was when you arrived, um, and, and before you arrived. I mean, it was a lengthy history there before 2015 of being bad. Did you ever think that, forget, like, try to remove yourself from it for a minute? Did you ever think that so many people would care about 
who's coaching Savannah State football in this city like five years, seven years later? Uh, you know, you know, I'll be honest, I, I didn't. Um, you know, it, 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 it's hard. It, it really is hard. Um, you know, a team that for 24 straight seasons hadn't had a winning record. Um, you know, the fan base kind of falls apart. And, and that's not to say they're not loyal, but it's, it's hard to, you know, keep coming to games day in and day out and watch your team lose. And um, that's the kind of the environment that I came in. And I, I felt that when I got here. And um, my goal, you know, however long I was here, um, my goal was to make this make the perception of Savannah State a winning one and one that is prevalent in the community. And um, I didn't know how long that was going to take. I didn't know if I would be here to see it through. Um, but when Coach Quinn got the job in 19 and we, you know, got those first few wins under our belt and it really felt like our guys were buying in, I, I really did think it was the start of it into turning the program around. And unfortunately, a lot of the coaches that were on staff felt like this 2020 might have been the best team we had had on campus in a long time. Um, we were excited about the people coming back, and then unfortunately COVID. Um, so that kind of ended a little bit. We recruited a whole other class. So we pretty much had two freshman classes in the field in 21, um, and we're still able to go eight and two. Um, so I think we did exactly what I set out to accomplish when I got here. I didn't know if it would just be as a wide receivers coach or an offense coordinator or even an interim head coach. I was just trying to make this place better day by day. And um, it, it, I, it, you, you can see it around the city. There wouldn't be as many people talking about this if they didn't see the maturation of the program, um, you know, especially from a player standpoint. And I, I can remember, you know, there was times that you, when, when a football player gets in trouble, you see him on the front page, you know, not unlike when a silence major or a mass comm major gets in trouble, you know, that, that uh, news, I, I can honestly say that hasn't happened, um, you know, since yeah. I've been here. The kids we brought in uh, represent Savannah State the right way. And also, they're pretty good football players. Um, so we, we, we did, I think we did a really good job recruiting about bringing those two and, and meshing them and combining them and finding those types of guys to bring into the program. And that's why the city is so involved and invested is because they see the good young men in the programs and don't see them performing on the field. Um, so I think we did what I set out to do. Like I said, and I'm, I'm super excited. It's all about our players. Our players are the reason why that perception has changed. And uh, I can't that. All right, Russell. A few more for you. Um, I do. I want to go back and look at some of those players, or, or some of those moments from that 2019 season, because you know, like you said, that's sort of where you can point to to where it all started to turn around for you guys. But um, going back to Coach Quinn, how, how often have you talked to him? Have you talked to him since the decision was made earlier this week? Um, and if so, what what has he had to say? Oh yeah, we were. I mean, we're not just colleagues. I mean, we're friends. You know, I've I've known him since 2010. Um, we got after it together at Georgia Southern. He was the defensive, or he was the linebackers coach, and I was the scout team quarterback. Um, so we we had our moments that we, we had to talk to each other and uh, really get form a relationship during then. And for him to um, come here, it was kind of like a dream come true, is to work with a friend. You know, those are the kind of environments you want to work with. Um, but he, we've been in constant contact since he left in December. You know, he's just been, been giving me um, tidbits about how he would handle certain situations as a head coach and, uh, you know, how to create schedules and, you know, different things. You know, I've leaned on him a lot throughout the process, and he's been nothing but, um, you know, receptive and, and supportive. Um, and I've definitely talked to him. You know, he, he was one of the first ones to give me a call. Um, he found out, you know, Monday night, um, 
you know, early on and, and gave me a call and was just making sure I'm all right. And I, you know, I told him I, I can roll with the punches. And I can, I can take it. And it's not the worst thing that's ever happened. Um, but he's just on my side and he wants to look out for me and he wants to make sure that, you know, I have an opportunity to, uh, uh, stay in the game and, and stay at the college, collegiate level and, and coach college football again next year. And that's all he's worried about. Um, so me and him have been, you know, exchanging text and talking about openings and talking about places that might be a good fit. And um, he's just been nothing but a, a blessing in my life. And he's, he's a true friend. Yeah, I don't find it surprising that you used a boxing metaphor, roll with the punches, when talking about Sean Quinn. That's like, he was like, he, I mean, that's all, he used up so many boxing metaphors in those two years. He was the king, man, um, the king of metaphors. That's not me. I'm a, I'm a little bit, uh, I, I'm a man of less words than Coach Quinn, but he he has a, um, let's say, a metaphor, and usually a boxing metaphor, like you say, for every situation, and more often than not, you know, he's right. Uh, so uh, I, I'm glad I've at least learned something from him, if, if I can say that. Dude, to be honest, I think I learned a good bit from just watching Coach Quinn and watching you guys throughout that 2019 season. I remember specifically that first game against Florida Tech, and, and we thought Florida Tech was going to be pretty good, and it turns out we were right. They, they were really good. But you guys had a chance to tie the game with basically no time on the clock, uh, and, but instead you went for two. You didn't get it, but it sort of sent a, a message and, and set a tone early, I thought. Um, what, what do you remember most about that 2019 season? Was there any game or any player or any moment w- that, that you, you know, remember most fondly from that year? I mean, you guys w- went undefeated in the SEAC year one. That's pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know. I think Albany, um, Albany at home and homecoming and the crowd, you know, we were four and three and four wins is the, the most we'd had through seven games in a long time at Savannah State. And I think they were feeling the energy starting to change. And, um, you know, obviously started with Coach Quinn, but all the coaches we had in that staff, man, um, we've all moved on to some pretty good places. Um, they, they cared about the kids and the kids felt that and they started to believe around Albany. And when we got down, you know, I said we got down 14, seven, um, early in the second quarter and our backup quarterback came in and led a two minute drive and stayed in the rest of the game. And we, we scored 28 unanswered and to see the way the, um, the community reacted, um, but really to see the way the players celebrated that win, um, knowing that you just came in and probably beat the best team in the conference. Um, it was a fun night. It was a fun night. And, um, you know, we had a lot of family there. It was the week after my um, grandma passed away, and that was a special win having my grandfather there. Um, it was a, it was a surreal moment, and it was it wasn't that we had arrived, but it was more so that the players and the community started to believe in what we were doing. And um, I felt from then on, you know, we had the full support of the Samaritan community for the past two years. But that's really the moment it changed for me, and that. People expect Savannah State to win, and um, man, that's something special to to see and be a part of. Yeah, there really is, like, you're right, it is special. There really is nothing like quite like the juice that comes with a fan base that gets pissed when you lose. Like, that provides so much, at least it seems to me, like it provides, like, so much energy to everyone in the entire program because, like, people care whether you score more points than the other team for the first time in a long time. You know what I mean? So, like, that, that was refreshing and easy, you know, easy to root for you guys in that sense. 
and you know, it, I'll and I've been it's kids' masters week, and I'm a big golf fan. You know, me and you are about to get to go up and tee it up for 18. Um, so I'm okay. pretty excited about that. But you've seen all these things about Tiger Woods coming back this, and one of his you know biggest quotes when he would be, even before he played the Masters in '97 is, you know, I came here to win. I don't come in here expecting to come in second or in third, and it's it's it makes. It makes it more enjoyable to go to be somewhere where you have that pressure, where it's not just, oh, you get a pat on the back for being competitive. When people expect you to win, it means more. And coming from a place like Georgia Southern, um, we were expected to win whether we played, you know, Elon or whether we played Alabama. You know, it wasn't like we were going up against somebody that was unbeatable. And that's what we wanted to instill in our guys. You know, and they, they, they took that and nobody, they didn't go on that field scared of anybody, um, over these past two years. And, um, that's what it's about. And, and when your fan, when your fan base is behind you with that, when they let you know that they're there to support you, but they want to see you do the best you can possibly do, man, you work your tail off for them. And, um, that, that's exactly what happened to our players and, and our coaching staff and our team. Prep Sports Report has been delivering local sports news one way or another for 20 plus years. Where can you find stories and information about the most outstanding student athletes in the Savannah area? PrepSportsReport.com. That's where. Led by our guy Carl DeMossi and former area sports reporter Stephen Weeks, the Prep Sports Report is a reimagined website that wants to celebrate young men and women who are setting the high school sports standard in Savannah and surrounding areas. Go check out PrepSportsReport.com today. Go like Prep Sports Report on Facebook and follow them on Twitter at PrepSAV. PrepSportsReport.com, your number one source for local Savannah High School sports news. All right, Russ, just a few more minutes. Um, I want, so, okay, so what's next for you? I know that Coach Kelton offered you a spot on the Savannah State staff. What's, what position did, was he offering you? Did he say, like, was it offensive coordinator? Is that what, what was offered? So, actually, um, I spoke with Coach Kelton briefly, but I spoke with uh, Mosh, Opio Mashariki um, when he told when he informed me that I wasn't um, going to be the head coach. And he's the one that said he cleared it with uh, Coach Kelton and asked me if I would stay on and be the offensive coordinator. Um, I'm assuming assistant head coach. I don't believe that was said, but I, I assume the same position that I had held before. And, um, you know, it wasn't really something, it wasn't something to think about for me. I had kind of had my heart set on, if I'm not going to be the head coach here, it's time to explore oppor- new other opportunities. I've been in Savannah for 20 years. My wife is um, nothing but supportive and is ready for the next challenge or the next adventure. And um, it wasn't really something for me to think about. I appreciated it, um, but it would have been hard for me to um, stay after doing the job for four months and um, not get to make those decisions that a head coach makes. And um, that's not to say I, I just want to go somewhere and be a head coach. It's tough to be one of those kids and not have those same responsibilities. Um, no, so of course. really my, yeah. um, my motivation for my decision-making. Um, and, uh, again, no hard feelings. You know, I just, I wish you had played out different, but it didn't. And, um, now it's just about, um, I'm really taking some, 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 uh, a nice break. You know, I played golf a few times this week going to the master Saturday. Um, hopefully Tiger and Kev can make a charge on Saturday. I'll be able to watch them walk around, but it's about just finding the, the, the next opportunity. You know, I've had a few phone calls here and there, um, just waiting for something to materialize and something that's open. And, um, you know, I, I have faith that I'll be 
be able to uh, stay in the game and be back on the field next year. Well, so quickly, Russ, what was OPO Mashariki's response when was he surprised when you turned it down, or did he understand? He understood. You know, he respected my decision. Um, you know, I think, I think he he really wanted me to stay. He expressed um, his feelings that uh, he does feel like I did a really great job as in every position that I've been in here, even as I did with you know the interim head coach the past four months. He was um, super appreciate appreciative, and um, he he really made me feel like I was an integral part of you know making making this team and this mindset of Savannah State football what it is. Um, so I'm sure he was a little, uh, you know, because of how much I love this place and how much I love Savannah, it is my home. Surprised that it was that easy for me to say no, but he completely respected the, the decision and, um, you know, is, is willing to do nothing but help me uh, in the future with, with whatever I need. So I can't thank him enough for that and thank him enough for the opportunity of being the interim head coach for the past four months and uh, giving me a taste of going to a practice as a head coach, man, because that's invaluable experience. And uh, yeah. it, was, it was a fun practice on Monday. I'll say that. To, to well, look, yeah, I know you're thankful to him and to the university, but they should be 100% thankful for you for what you did over, not, not since 2015. In the last four months, you've had to go in front of cameras and answer questions. Like I remember at Georgia Southern's um, – uh, NFL, what was it, the uh, pro day at Georgia Southern? Like you have to stand in front of the camera the and answer day. those questions. Yeah. So and, and so that they should be thankful to you for that. And, and it shouldn't come. And I, I'm just going to speak for you here, Russ. Like it shouldn't come through press releases and stuff. Like they they should have at the very least done better by that. And I'm still shocked that that they would even think that you would return in it. In a different role, that just blows my my mind. Um, right, but hey, I want to talk. What's next for you, Russ? So you said a couple of people have reached out to you. What, what is next? What, what does it look like? Do you just field phone calls, or are you actively out looking for another job? Like, how does this work? I'm active. Um, you know, it's it's a little bit late in the process. Um, right after signing day is really when a lot of the last moves are made. Um, and college football coaching, but there's always moves. People Except are always moving around State. and there's Except some Savannah things State. out there. So I'm looking, I'm, I'm on it. Yeah, it's like the, except that Savannah state. Um, but you know, so that's not an option right now, but it's all right. Um, <laughs> uh, so really just fielding phone calls. Um, not many people are going to call it. We got, I got to get myself, my name out there, um, apply for jobs, cold call. Um, so I've been doing all that, you know, these past couple of days set, set aside uh, multiple hours in the day to be able to do that. Um, and then hopefully, you know, somebody sees what we've been doing and um, sees the reputation we have and, and the way the program has been going and um, wants, uh, hopefully will give me an opportunity to be on their staff and try and do the same thing. Um, so, you know, no real timeline, um, just trying to, you know, really take some time off, but look as, as earnest as possible and, um, you know, follow what the best fit is for, for me and my family and my wife. And um, I'm, like I said, I, I have faith that something, something good will come. And um, I have a lot of friends in this industry and they've been nothing but a bunch of them have reached out and been supportive and said, you know, they got their ears down to the, to the, to the ground and whatever they do, they will let me know. So um, I've got people that are behind me and people that are going to make sure that, you know, I'm staying in this game. So I feel pretty good. Um, um, but just 
want to find out what the next step is. And um, I don't, don't know if it'll be this week or next week or in a month or so. But I, I have no Right, and I'm guessing all of these, like your interest is strictly on the college level. I'm assuming a lot of the, none of these phone calls are on the high school level. Is that true? Um, I wouldn't say that. And, and, and the only reason I ask that is, um, go ahead, worry. sorry. Yeah, I'm not, I mean, I've gotten a few calls, um, you know, from different uh, levels of different programs. Um, but it's not just college or bus for me. You know, what I care about is coaching football and mentoring, you know, young student athletes, young men. And if it's on the high school level that I'm given the opportunity to do that, I'll be nothing but grateful and, um, go and go and give the same exact effort that I gave Savannah state. Um, so no, it's not limited to the collegiate level. Um, that's always been a goal of mine, but man, I'm just trying to make sure I coach football again and, um, get to get to be a part of a team. That's what I'm most worried about. Yeah. Yeah, I imagine for a guy like you that's just so like routine driven that you're going to be hungry pretty soon to get back into it. Um, all right, well, let's wrap up, Russ. Uh, one more for you. I wanted to just ask quickly, just because I think a few people have asked me this and I don't know the answer. Uh, as far as what you can coach, assuming it's on the college level, is it anywhere on the offense, like any of those positions on the offense? or, or... Because I've always been confused. Like You played quarterback, but you've coached receivers – You've coached, you know, you've obviously called plays as an offensive coordinator. Um, so is it, for you, is it pretty much anywhere along yeah. the offense? Yeah, um, I've coached every position on the offense but offensive line and tight end. And, um, you know, I feel like I've learned enough from the guy that was here last year, Nate Baker and Roscoe Bird, that I could coach offensive line. And, um, you know, tight ends is just another skill position to me. So I feel like I could coach any position on the offensive side of the ball with uh, maybe more expertise in the skill positions. Uh, but I got to be honest, Travis, you know, these last couple of weeks preparing for spring ball, um, we only had a, a defensive student assistant. And I got a chance <laughs> to create the defensive playbook uh, do defensive meetings for a week and coach defense for a day. And it was some fun stuff, man. It's fun trying to, uh, you know, give the offense some different looks and, and coach different techniques on defense. Um, so I wouldn't even put it past that. I, I feel like I could, a skill position on the defense as well um, wouldn't be out of the question because I played that in high school and been around it so long in the college game. You know, I played five years at Southern with scout team, but I spent all my time around the defense. I mean, I did individual position drills with the corners and safeties. So I tried to soak it, soak up as much knowledge as I could um, and feel like I could be an asset um, on either side of the ball. And definitely special teams too, man. Special teams, those are my first three years of being a coordinator um, before I got to be an offensive coordinator. I just love the game, man. And um, whatever, whatever gives me an opportunity, whatever position, I'll put my nose down, learn the ins and outs of that position, learn the techniques, learn the different nuances that they need to know, and um, hopefully can help the players and teach the players those things because it ain't about what I know. It's about what they know on Fridays and Saturdays. That's such a football guy move, too. I can I can definitely picture you scheming against <laughs> yourself, like scheming an offensive play and then like sitting on the other side of the table and scheming a defensive play. It's going back and forth the whole night. Football guy through and through. Uh, I, I, I can't lie. Yep, setting, setting the script up was pretty fun. You know, I knew one play the offense had an advantage. I knew the next play the defense had an advantage. It was fun to see what would actually happen. Um, you know, the, because the players got to make the play. And if you call a perfect play and you don't make it, um, you got to call a different play. So uh, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. All right, hell yeah, Russ. We appreciate it, man. Good luck with whatever's next, and uh, we'll be in touch, all right? Later, Travis.
Savannah's premier indoor baseball training facility, SBPA is owned and operated by Ross Howard, and together with instructors who have played college and professional baseball, Ross and SBPA offer customized instruction year-round for baseball and softball players, full-length batting cages, pitching mounds, and a state-of-the-art technology to measure improvement are just a few of the highlights over at the Academy. Call Ross at 912-484-5282 and visit the Savannah Baseball Performance Academy on Facebook for programs, teams, camps, and more information about how to take advantage of this great venue. Savannah's only year-round indoor baseball facility, Ross Howard, our guy, give him a call, 912-484-5282. Commercial and residential electrical services that you can trust. Braddy Electric is Savannah's number one electrical services for commercial and residentials since 1970. It's family owned and family operated. Reach them today at 912-233-1561 or 1104 East 35th Street. Braddy Electric, that's two D's, B-R-A-D-D-Y. Five stars on Yelp, five stars on Google reviews, and Savannah's number one electrical servicer since 1970. Call them today, 912-233-1561. 